Good morning, Pharmacy Podcast listeners. This is Ken Sternfeld, the concierge pharmacist, and this is your weekend update. Friday was Valentine's Day, and I hope everyone had a chance to spend some quality time with their significant other and just kind of renew their vows uh, for whatever that relationship is, whether it's marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend, or family member, just sharing the love. Uh, When you go out to get those Valentine's Day cards, they're for everybody. Even your pets uh, love you because you take care of them. So this weekend was nice for me uh, personally and professionally. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Yesterday, which was Saturday, because I'm doing this recording on Sunday, I had the wonderful time to spend the better part of the day with my daughter, Emily, and the two grandchildren, uh, Leah and Hannah, and my son-in-law, Aaron. And it was a wonderful day because my wife was spending a nice day with her mom. So everybody was kind of split up. So the first thing I did was I went to Leah's Gymboree class at nine o'clock in the morning where Emily takes her and she just bounces around, uh, runs around with all those little, little children. Layers is about a year and a half and just enjoying the time with Emily Have this glass viewing area where people can watch. And of course, I wanted to watch. Well, the problem was that not only was I watching Leia, but she was watching me. And she kept coming to the glass to see Grandpa Kenny. And of course, I smiled and loved. I took a little pictures and stuff. And then Emily would come and say, no, come on, come on. Let's go back playing and run on the, the bouncy things and the, the pads and the balance bars. And then Leia would turn around and see Grandpa Kenny and come running back to the glass. And then Mommy would go grab her and take her back. And now Leia was not so happy about that. So then the third time she comes, she goes right for the door to open up the door to come out of that gymboree and come to Grandpa Kenny. Now, part of me was just so thrilled that my beautiful granddaughter, Leia, just can't get enough of Grandpa Kenny. But I was screwing up the class. And I said to Emily, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go outside and just hide so Leia can't see me and you can enjoy your class. Well, so I stood to the side where there was no glass and I was just standing there and the next thing I knew, the door opens again and Leia comes out and turns her head and then sees me. So I couldn't even stay inside in the waiting room. I had to go and go into the car. But anyway, it was all good. And we went back to the house and we had brunch and then we uh, stayed around and I got to hold and try and feed Hannah. Uh, uh, my, uh, she's four months old and yeah, she's a tough little one to feed her bottle. Uh, but I did a little bit of that and we're just hanging around. And you know, once the kids settled down and go in for naps, it gave me a chance to chat with Aaron and Emily and just spend a little quality time. And one of the things I like to do, they certainly know that I'm involved with RxVIP concierge. They hear me talking about it and all that kind of stuff. But I just was talking about them. I says, you know, do you really know what we do? Because what's so exciting right now with the amount of people we're going to impact and the patient lives that we're going to help. And right here at Dr. Goodman's office, uh, you know, which is, they live in Belmore, which is, you know, right around the corner from where I do this on Pharmacy Fridays. I said, you know, 
do you kind of know what I do? And they said, sure, sure, we know. I said, well, let me, let me do something. Let me make a presentation to you. Like you're a pharmacist. Well, you're the daughter of a pharmacist and the son-in-law of a pharmacist. But let me tell you the financial impact and the professional impact that being part of the PharmD concierge program can deliver. And you're not pharmacists, but let me see if it resonates. Let me see if what I'm saying actually makes some sense. So imagine you were a CVS pharmacist or an independent pharmacy uh, owner or someone who is just coming into our profession as a graduate, uh, entering pharmacy profession in May, graduating as a PharmD. I said, I'm going to tell you what it is to get involved with the PharmD concierge program because we're really establishing a new standard of patient engagement. So my daughter and my son-in-law sat there and they wanted to know more. So I said, well, the PharmD concierge program is where we put a licensed PharmD, a doctor of pharmacy, working right in a physician's office. And we collaborate with that physician who's a provider of their patients to give them even more information so that they can do a better job. And we work under the supervision of that provider at all times. That's important because we're not their doctor. We're a pharmacist. But what does a concierge pharmacist do? Well, we conduct a fixed number of assessments and screenings and other preventative evaluations for each patient, again, under the supervision of the provider. Now, I'll typically see maybe five or six patients during the day. It's a lot different than what I did and what you do if you're a CVS pharmacist where you see, you know, 500 or 600 prescriptions a day. But that provider loves me because I'm working right in their office, and I'm going to schedule myself based on how many patients he or she wants me to see. So that collaboration, that teamwork, allows me to develop what we call a baseline evaluation for some of their patients, and then put them on the pathway, the clinical track to take care of the diseases like diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular problems, respiratory problems, you know, cardiovascular diseases and falls. If they fall at home, if they're losing their, their memory, if they're not, if they're depressed, all the things that I want to help the doctor work with. So do you understand that that pharmacist who's deployed in the physician's office, you know, we go to school. We are very detail-oriented. Nobody knows medication better than us. So we want to be a trusted partner of that doctor. We want to collaborate with them and follow the detail and to work very, very closely on the medication that that patient takes because that's what we went to school for. So all the things that we're going to do are going to help the doctor because he doesn't have a lot of time. We're going to increase revenue for the doctor because they're always looking for that. And you know what? The patients are going to love us because having a pharmacist spend that time with the patient and focus on this comprehensive evaluation of their medications and their overall wellness, that's a great opportunity for us to actually help 
the provider take care of that patient. And by being a licensed PharmD, we're able to do that and generate the revenue for the doctor that he or she really wants. That patient loves us. When people come out of the office, they're happy that the pharmacist has spent time. And the pharmacist is working for the physician and putting all the information that we gather right into the electronic record, exactly where the doctor wants to view it. We're able to capture information that helps them with quality measures in their practice so that they can actually get all of the billing codes and all of the reimbursement that Medicare puts on the table for them. We also found out, isn't this interesting, because you know, you know, lawyers and everybody else and liabilities, but if a pharmacist is in a physician's practice, the liability, the, um, you know, the liability insurance, the malpractice insurance for the doctor can actually come down. That's pretty cool. Well, you as a patient would love us. You'd love to speak to the pharmacist more than just at a drive-through window or when you don't have any time to talk to them when you're picking it up a prescription for Leia or Hannah or for yourself. This is the ability to take the time and talk to that pharmacist in an environment that he or she can listen to you and you can get more information. So you're both pharmacists, Aaron and Emily, in this make-believe conversation. Let me tell you the revenue impact this can have on you if you want to do this one, two, or three days a week, or even full-time, if that opportunity evolves. Well, Medicare has a significant amount of preventative codes that they want the physician to do when that patient comes into their office. So Medicare are the patients we're really focusing on because typically the revenue for a Medicare patient who goes through the process with an RxVIP concierge uh, PharmD in the office, there's anywhere between $300 and $2,500 per patient per year included in billable codes that the physician can collect on if we do the work for our baseline evaluations and for our follow-up and clinical track services that we do. So, you know, last night, mom and I went out for Valentine's Day, and you know how we love pie. But think of this as a pie, okay? Out of that pie, of all of that money, that $2,500, 38%, a big chunk, comes from something called an annual wellness visit that Medicare wants the provider to do, which will substantially increase their reimbursement for that provider when they provide the annual wellness visit for their patients. But you know, you go to the doctors when you take Layer and Hannah, the doctors are busy. They don't see a lot, a lot of time, you know, don't have it. So we, as the pharmacists, deliver this annual wellness visit for them under their direct supervision. And we bring that up to almost 85% of the patients in their practice who get this service. So we are providing that to the doctor who's too busy to do it. The follow-up part, once we do that assessment, that baseline, is the follow-up clinical tracks. Everybody's got different diseases. Everybody's got a different issue with their life. So the RxVIP concierge PharmD 
will identify those additional preventative services per patient that will be also reimbursed for the provider because it is based on medical necessity. If you need this care, you will get this care from your doctor now based on the fact that we're giving them information that they can do. 43% of that $2,500 comes from that. And then there's a leftover piece of 19% out of that money. And Medicare wants providers who don't have a lot of time to have their patients complete their advanced care plan which generates substantial reimbursements for the provider and, of course, for you as the pharmacist who delivers it. So out of that pie, all of what we're going to be doing is helping the patient and helping the provider and generating revenue. That reimbursement comes from the annual wellness visit, the additional follow-up appointments that occur after that assessment, where we talk about the assessments we do for fall risk. You know I, am in a, I don't walk very well and I'm a risk for falling. Cognitive assessments, behavioral health screenings, and of course the advanced care planning. Let's talk about a real patient. If a patient is obese, I'm obese. Okay, I know it. I have way too much uh, carrying out. I'm not diabetic, but I could be going in that direction if I don't take care of myself. So the revenue opportunity for the pharmacist and the provider, because your partners now collaboratively, in the baseline encounter, that pharmacist will do a medication reconciliation, an annual wellness visit. They'll do a fall risk assessment, a cognitive assessment, and they'll introduce that patient to advanced care planning, just with education and information. For that encounter, it generates $139.41 based on New York billing codes that Medicare will, will, will deliver. That's a lot of money for a conversation that is about an hour. It's over, over that. Now, that's money for the provider, plus there's money almost equivalent to that for the pharmacist. It's a lot of revenue. A pharmacist, if you're working at CVS, isn't getting that kind of money for an hour's worth of work. So then after those baseline encounters are done, we review them and we invite the patient to come back to review it. We may have suggested a pharmacogenetic test to identify the right drugs and the right dose. Well, we want to review that. So when the patient comes back, we review that test. We review the information we have on their medication reconciliation and do more of a review with them to help them save money or find alternatives or eliminate side effects because we're the pharmacist. We pick up on that advanced care planning, which are really the directives that need to be put in place if, God forbid, you can't make your decisions. Well, kids, you know I was in the hospital over New Year's and I went into the emergency room and mom was there with me. And after the test that they took, if the advanced directives were not in place, mom couldn't have even heard from the doctor or spoken to the doctor about my health 
Now, thankfully, I wasn't I wasn't in a coma or I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in a position that I couldn't speak. But if God forbid that happened and the advanced directives weren't in place, mom wouldn't be able to talk to the doctors about my health. So that review, that second encounter will generate an additional $79.50 for the provider and additional revenue for the pharmacist. So now you've identified me as being obese. Okay, I can take it, but we want to do some counseling. And if I'm going to be diabetic, God forbid, if I was diabetic, you want to monitor me. You want to monitor it when I come to the office. You want to monitor me when I'm uh, at home. You want to be able to do counseling for me over the next month. You know I'm doing that because I want to lose weight. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to meet with you. And we're going to do things that are going to keep me on a path to better health. We're going to continue with your medication, a regimen to see if any changes can be done. We're going to continue the advanced care plan of four, God forbid, situations down the road. And we're going to do additional assessments to see are you walking better or are you walking worse? Are you a greater risk? for cognitive impairments. Maybe I'm forgetting things. I joke about it. I think, you know, I forgot what I had for lunch uh, yesterday, but maybe there are things that are happening that can be addressed to avoid that additional cognitive impairment or behavioral health. I could be depressed with all the things that I have. Well, we want to identify that. Well, over the course of the year, all of those encounters, all of those Medically necessary services generate $2,266 for the provider. And a significant portion of that, in addition, is paid to the pharmacist who delivers it. So now you have almost $2,485 for one patient. Well, imagine there were a hundred of me in a practice, God forbid, that doctor would kill himself because, you know, I'm a, <laughs> anyway. But imagine that there were a hundred clinically um, patients who would be needing this pathway. That's $2,500 per patient times a hundred. It's almost a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000 for following these clinical tracks because there may be patients who actually have multiple clinical tracks. It could be obesity and diabetes. It could be cardiovascular diseases. And uh, if I was a heavy smoker, it could be COPD and cardiovascular or risk fall plus obesity plus behavioral health. People have comorbidities. So with the average of 100 patients from any practice, a pharmacist who's delivering these clinical tracks is able to generate over $200,000 in net revenue for a provider. I talk to pharmacists every day and they say, how do we prove our, our value to the healthcare providers we're trying to work with? How do we show that pharmacists should be recognized as providers? Well, if we can continue to provide the clinical track assessments in all of these diseases as the pharmacist and deliver net revenue that is significant in the, in, the, in the world of their bottom line, 
How can we not have every pharmacist walk into a physician's office and say, I'm here and I want to help. I want to help you make more money. I want to help your patients stay better by doing medication management. That's what I went to school for. Medication costs, you know, it's like $400 billion problem in our healthcare industry, and we can fix it because a pharmacist is highly trusted, and we're a member of that care team who knows medication. We can do direct interaction with the patient in this environment to reconcile medications because those mistakes, those reactions, those, those you know dispensing errors kill people. We can talk about the drug-to-drug interactions, and we can actually make a difference by avoiding adverse drug reactions, minimizing side effects, and talking about adherence. If you don't take your pill on time, it just doesn't work. And we'll look for lower-cost alternatives. Because that is the chronic disease we all suffer from, we can't afford our medication. I talked about advanced care planning. It's a valuable service service that a pharmacist can provide to a patient by doing this in a physician's office as part of the annual wellness visit. Do you know that if you went to a lawyer to do this, it would probably cost you $1,500 to $2,000? But in the office, under the supervision of that physician, a pharmacist can deliver it. And it can be a life-saving, family-saving, financial you know, burden reducer, because if you can't make that decision in the last 15 days of your life, if you're on life support, God forbid, and nobody knows that you want it to be turned off, they'll keep it on. And it'll cost more money to Medicare in those 15 days than in your entire life. By pharmacists being able to deliver behavioral health management, we are addressing the fact that according to Medicare, 40% of Medicare patients suffer from depression. We can identify through validated screens that are provided to us to give to the patient. There are 25 scales that we can use to identify anxiety, depression, opioid abuse, PTSD, and more. And for me, as a pharmacist, I'm talking to you and all the pharmacists who are listening, it also addresses craps, chronic, retail, acute, pharmacy syndrome that every pharmacist working in a retail store, chain store specifically, suffers from. It's not a joke because I can't imagine that 40% of the pharmacists who are working in chain store retails aren't depressed. I think it's more. Just listen to them. So we had an example with a provider who was using these behavioral um, screens that we really saved a life. There was someone who was identified as suicidal through these behavioral screens. And the doctor wrote a letter, and it was a testimonial, really, to what we're doing, where it says, thank you. You saved a patient life today. He was suicidal because of his pain, and your screening test caught it. I was able to intervene for him, and thank you for your assistance. The patient was very grateful, and he has been battling this depression for the last five years. He said that this was one of the most best questionnaires and surveys he had ever taken in screenings. So thank you. You know, the last two things are fall risk screening. You see that I struggle with walking and falling. When someone who could be in relatively good health, if they fall 
and break a hip or break a, you know, do something like that. It leads them on a pathway that really could make a relatively healthy person move into nursing homes. And, and just it's designed to track this process. And it's really important that we establish the baseline. And the pharmacist can do that and assess it each time he talks to and sees that patient. And the cognitive impairment screening, screening, Alzheimer's, is a horrific disease. And we can perform perform these cognitive uh, assessments right in the physician's office to help the provider to zero in on identifying the underlying causes that are really, maybe they put them into a clinical track. Maybe they uh, do something with additional medication or do things to avoid the decline of Alzheimer's or or dementia to help patients and also their caregivers prepare for the future and offer recommendations for clinical assistance to help them. So it really is a wonderful thing for a pharmacist to do. Um, You know I'm doing it, kids, and I'm doing it because we really want to help more patients as pharmacists. So anyway, that's all I have to say about the PharmD Concierge program, except to say that it's I think for me and for the people who are doing it, an opportunity to practice at the height of their license as care providers and to deliver the kind of services that we went to school for and then some. So I want to thank you. What's for lunch, by the way? No, just kidding. Anyway, I love what I'm doing. I love the pharmacy profession and I love to motivate and inspire the next generation of pharmacists to practice at the height of their license. So this recording of this conversation Hopefully it was something that inspires you to take the next step in becoming a care provider by working with us at RxVIP to be part of the Concierge PharmD program. Let's thank Ken Sternfeld for the Concierge Pharmacist Show. I thank you very much for listening to me because I know sometimes I ramble on, but hopefully it's meaningful to you as you look to advance your career. Have a wonderful day.